All right, guys, thanks for checking out the At The Buzzer podcast. This is your source for everything related to Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, and the Charlotte Hornets. Stay tuned, subscribe, follow along for everything you need to know about the Hornets. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of At The Buzzer. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and Knock If You Buck. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right. Welcome back to the uh, At The Buzzer podcast. Uh, It's uh, obviously not Matt you're hearing speak right now. Uh, Congratulations to Matt. He got a promotion over at Clutch Sports and has passed off the podcast to his one guest previously on the show. Uh, which is me, uh, Hornets Film Room. My name's also Jim, so you guys know. Um, very exciting. We got uh, James Bue from Swarm and Sing, Hornets Blog. Uh, James, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name's James as well, so uh, we both got that, that going, I guess, uh, Jim and Jim. But um, yeah, no, pleasure to be on here, man. I'm excited to talk Hornets, as always. Definitely. Um yeah, and uh, maybe if all goes well, I'll get a big promotion at a job, and you can take this podcast over next time. I think it's a good continuing tradition. Yes, I think it's something yeah. we should uh, reach for. No, that um, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my, my mates over at um, the other podcast that would be on the hive might not be super pleased with that, but you can screw them. You know, this this sounds like a good trajectory, to be honest. It's like a good... <laughs> Well, then you, you know, get a promotion afterwards, yeah, so exactly. then it's that's, all that's it's all going to work of. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I can just buy that podcast, and they they have nothing to say. So. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's yeah. erasure is good. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's a uh, all star break, so there hasn't been like any basketball outside of you know the, the very boring all star game. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Uh, Hornets have been pretty good this year. I at this point we're seventeen and eighteen. 
We're 10th in pace. We're 16th in offensive rating, 17th in defensive rating, which I think is like higher than it has any right to be. And we're at 19th uh, overall net rating, uh, which is like negative 0.5, which is like all in all, we're much better than I would have expected in any reasonable like projection at the start of the year. I assume you you feel similarly. Yeah. um, I think... (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, there's been a few things that have um, led to us being, yeah, I would say a bit better than expected. Um, but um, I don't know. I think the NBA as a whole has not been as quite as strong as I expected it to be because, like, for example, two teams I was kind of higher on were Orlando and Cleveland, actually. And Cleveland haven't played with Kevin Love all year and – the thing that I liked about Cleveland was their offense when it ran through Kevin Love and Larry Nance, and it just hasn't really happened that way. And then Big Stuff decided to run his offense through Andre Drummond for a period, which is uh, it's a it's a move. It's definitely yeah, it's a, move a move. It's too. definitely a move. Exactly. That's exactly it. Um, and then um, Orlando's just been screwed by injuries because they actually started quite well. Um, you know, even though obviously missing Isaac the whole year, but they started started quite well, and you know, Markel was improving. Um, had a few big games, but then he got injured, and it's all gone tits up since then. So, but I think no, we've been, yeah, we've been good. We've been a pretty solid team. So I, I expected us to be bottom, bottom three overall. I think if you told me, um, yeah, if you told me like certain decisions that would have been made with the rotation happened like prior to the season, I would have still probably predicted us to be bottom five ish. But I mean, <laughs> I'm sounding too negative here, anyway. But no, we've, no, we've, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I like projected us to win 24 wins on the year. Yeah, okay. I thought like the Gordon Hayward move was horrendous for a ton of reasons, but a big yeah. part of it for me was I thought it would take us from being a bottom three team to like right. the eighth worst team, that's, and thus okay, we get out of the yeah. Go ahead. No, because that's kind of what it looked like, probably. January-ish, like that's what we look like, you know, barely outside the bottom three or five, but not quite a real playoff team. But I'd say it's like recently, we've actually yeah, started playing consistently good basketball, I guess, especially when we got Cody back. I think um, we've been able to go to head-to-head with some actual respectable teams. Like we, we you know, we pants the uh, the Suns. I, I know, the thing is, I mean, we had the early wins against Brooklyn and Dallas, but I thought like early season we were genuinely not good. But I think recently we've started playing some like better basketball, and even though the recent results of that West Coast road trip weren't probably the best, I think we actually showed a fair bit of resilience. And the offense three actually, and three thought, is great. Three and three is yeah, great I on mean, a West yeah, Coast road trip. Is, yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, like you know, I guess it, it like it capped off with that loss to Portland, which wasn't the best. But um, but I thought yeah, like a few things held up. Like we didn't have Hayward and Devontae for those last few games, but we still. Mm-hmm. Did some good stuff, I thought. So that was that's that's pretty awesome stuff. Like credit to Borrego, credit to plays for that. Yeah, I thought Borrego's done a great job this year. Like, not only every guy's playing hard, it's clear the young guys are like developing and trying to add new things to their game. And at the same time, we're like putting out a like at worst, you know, we'll probably be like a slightly below five hundred team that is like yep. super aesthetically pleasing the offense yes, like from yes. our horn sets to the like Spain pick and roll stuff. There's so much movement like four yep. of our oh. big guys are uh, career high in assist. And it's all because of yeah. like the little like side action pick and roll game or like dribble handoff game that we got going yep. on. Yep. 
Oh no, it's it's awesome. Like like the offense is is awesome. Like I'm not the biggest Brager fan as you might know, but um, but um, the offense is is phenomenal because like he's got he's got actions he can go to whenever we need a bucket. He can just, or he can just throw to Haywood, which has somehow worked extremely well this year, which I did not expect. Um, yeah, Gordon Hayward is good at basketball. Like I knew he was, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it but, made me go, "Why were the Celtics not championship contenders with that roster?" Nah, I like, think, I mean, because they, they were they were trying to almost force Tatum to be there and Brown to be the guys last year before Kemba kind of bailed them out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest, in that Raptors series, all they cared about was Kemba, and they they nearly took they nearly took out that series by doing that. But um, Hayward. No, like this is the best offensive Hayward ever, I think, because he's just so he's so physical. Like if you look at even the Utah before the injury highlights, he always was the kind of guy that would love to like you know pull up from mid range. Um, but like now he's when like the team needs bucket, he'll he'll go harder the rack. Um, he'll post up guys. Um, you know he'll he'll initiate contact and all that. He's drawing. It feels like he's drawing more fouls. I should probably check that before I say it. Oh, I'm pretty confident he is because it's at least relative to the Boston years. But yeah, like, no, Hayward's, he's had an amazing season. He's He's gotten really physically strong after the injury. I don't know how strong he was in Utah, but I remember last year watching him in that first game, Kemba came back to, to Charlotte. Um, he was guarding PJ Washington in the post without any issues and that strength has been pretty obvious on both sides of the court um this season yeah his body control is just excellent that's the thing thing that has stood out the most for me he plays he's not like a explosive player he doesn't have a super quick first step but he like is every inch of six foot eight and really uses his body to just like (laughs) a slight edge like on whether it's like getting into his spots in the mid-range whether it's him like taking it all the way to like the basket he just is able to like kind of use his length where if he was six yep. foot three, I don't know if he's like an NBA player, but exactly. at the height and length he is, he's excellent. And like oh, a clear. So, so I'm cutting you off a lot, but um, the, the thing you said no about the, if it was six, three, um, if he's not an NBA player, that's a really great point. Cause I think he plays how Bogdan Bogdanovich of the now of, now of the Hawks, how he wants to play and how he does play in FIBA. But, Against the NBA athletes, you know, with all like when he gets that point mid range, he's always having um, someone contest from the nail or that sort of thing, or um, he's just not getting his clean separation of screens. But Hayward, because he's six eight, yeah, he's 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 getting that, he's getting those clean looks, and he's he's being confident as well. Um, so yeah, anyway, yeah, keep going. He doesn't like take over games, uh, which I wasn't expecting, but he feels like a quiet score. I know that's like a kind of a yeah. stupid phrase, but like you'll look up, like if you're just like watching the game and not box score watching, he's like, Oh, he yeah. has 14 and you know, the mid third quarter mark. And he just kind of consistently can score. He does so efficiently. He's shooting like a good amount of threes this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think I was wrong. I hated the signing. And at this point oh. I'm like, is it was it the right move? Like I don't think it was in the sense of yeah. like stretching Batum. I think that's like a really bad cap move. I think it's going to hurt us. But uh, where were you at with the signing when it happened this summer? Oh, I was I was con- contemplating life. To be honest, um, I, I'm with you. I I told my yeah. girlfriend I was like, if we <laughs> after the Hayward signings, like if we sign Hayward and draft James Wiseman, I'm just I live in Brooklyn. I'm like maybe I'll just become a Nets fan. You know, like oh, I was like really at that point. Wow. Well, I'm not gonna lie, like. 
I, I forgot the timeline. So did we sign Hayward before we did the draft? Uh, it was after, wasn't it? Was it? I guess it would have been. It might have been rumors at, popping around. Uh, it's, it's I'm not sure with to. the offseason. Because I remember, that's I remember, a great question. I remember Bogdanovich got linked to the Bucks. I think like a week before the drafts. Because um, Kings fans were like, he was signed about... after the draft was like the 16th of November, and we signed okay. on November 29th. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but um, funny you say, uh, Wiseman, because I was. I was um, following the draft and like so, Ball, Carey, Richards. So Ball was the worst, uh, not the worst. I thought he was the best pick out of those three at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but after each one, it just it was just a further dagger to the heart, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I obviously wasn't the highest on Lamelo, but um, oh, he's definitely proved me wrong there. Um, we'll get into that later, I guess. But um. But yeah, no, like it wasn't the best offseason because also you knew just like the process behind the signings wasn't the best because you like we were linked to Westbrook uh, when his name came up and that would have just been like oh so terrible it would have been oh, he's goodness. he's looked so bad for the Wizards and like John Wallace looked okay you know like I don't <laughs> know how yeah. much he will help you with winning the contract's still like underwater but uh, I'd rather have Wall on a first round pick than Westbrook on my team right now yeah true. Um, I mean, because but I, I thought even if if Westbrook was good, just you know, we've already got three guards, and we're we're seeing that guard squeeze right now. Um, you know, uh, we don't have the best spacing for Westbrook, um, especially pre Hayward signing. So like, and just it just felt like yeah, we were trying to like just accelerate the process unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know, as as we know, the twenty twenty one draft has a few guys that just fit us to a T and just would really like lock us into a really like long term successful um roster. But um you know, yeah. And then they, they did that in the end with Haywood and it's it's taken us out of um the bottom three, so you know, hopefully make the playoffs and that distract uh that can yeah, be a little bit of a consolation there. Yeah, so where are you at in terms of do you think we are going to make the playoffs? Like, what do you foresee the rest of the season looking okay. like in the playoff picture? Um, I think, to be honest, I think I need to check the standings right now. Um, so right now we're tied for sixth. We have like, okay. but it's like there's six games yeah. separating the three seed to the 13 seed. So okay. it's just like, pretty up in the open personally i don't think we make the playoffs i think yeah. we've played really excellent but we're still a negative in net rating we're like 10th in the east in net rating right now we yeah, have so... go ahead no i mean that net rating set's pretty good i think that's pretty accurate too i would say um uh yeah just because like these teams are going to pick it up like the Cavs started to pick it up like they were in a horrid losing streak um but they started to pick it back up before all-star break um Wizards too, like they they kind of start to get uh, get their shit together a bit. Um, I think the Hawks, you know, they're kind of you know, maybe maybe it's it's fair to question them, but we're also ahead of the Pacers, and I think like it's it's not set stone to be honest, but I, I just don't really have the confidence in Borrego's, um ability, like on the margins with with coaching and stuff, because um, I think Biombo is still pretty clearly. Uh, uh, backup center whenever the other team has a high level rebounder or post scorer and 
And Biombo wasn't like an NBA player. Like I, I love yeah, Biombo. He he's just is the reason I became like a Hornets fan. Like I, okay. I was, I went, I went to UNC for college, so I like okay. grew up watching a ton of basketball, and I never really watched pro ball. And then I read this article about this guy who spoke seven languages oh. and was like a workout warrior. And and I was like, wow, this Bismack Biombo guy sounds so great. And then the <laughs> the Bobcats at the time drafted him, so I was like, cool, I'm gonna watch the Bobcats now. He had a game winning block. Um, the first game against the Bucks, and we won like 78-81. And I think that's the best he's ever played in his whole career, and it's just been downhill from there. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that he's the backup center really just... Yeah, uh, it, it's great. It kills so, you. Um, it kills you. Yeah, and it really does. <laughs> so, um, like, I think the playoff chances do get, like moved around a little bit if we do make a trade for a center obviously yes, yeah, yeah. and i was you know we've talked on, online a bit i was very much i'd love to get jared allen there wasn't like a clear way to right. get jared allen but i just really want a like defensive minded vertical like floor yeah. spacer on offense i think that is like just a rim runner with lamello and shooters around him i feel like that's a top 10 offense and that's something you can build around um I don't know if anyone like that is available at this point at all. Okay, yeah, um, I agree on Jared Allen. I mean, Allen's not <laughs> he's not my favorite center because um, because I'm a huge Cody Zeller fan, and I think Zeller, like like if it's Zeller versus Allen or Zeller versus Capella, although Allen's a fair bit better than Capella in my eyes, or a fair bit, it's probably a bit of a reach, but I think Allen's better than Capella. But anyway, so those two versus Zeller is like. If you ask the average NBA fan, there's no way Zeller's winning that. But I, I would, I would say actually, I think overall Zeller's better than both. You know, quite clearly in my eyes, because just the overall skill set, like his basketball IQ is on another level to those guys. Um, his passing, his live dribble, like you've seen with the DHO based offense, Zeller, like and the motion we were, like we were running motion in preseason too, and um, like Zeller's just a a match made in heaven for that and there's really not that many centers who can do that like um i was looking last year trade deadline to see if we could get a future cody in that way um and last season off season and i was thinking guys like marquis chris harry giles and i think that's the only two names i really saw uh i was even considering ray spouting off our g league team because he showed he could dribble and pass a little bit but it's, it's a really rare skill set but i, I agree 100 back to the, the topic at hand we need a rim runner um, that's the thing, like something about the way NBA is analyzed, people think five out automatically is good, but if you have five out and you can't pressure the rim consistently, it's not. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. And then that like with Lamelo's passing and with our, like our guards, Devontae, even though he's not had the best year, he still clearly has some scoring gravity and can play make for others. Um, Hayward, Malik, you know, even Terry's at least started making that early pocket pass, premeditated pocket pass, but we'll take it as something. Um, you know, and the rest of our roster basically passed. So, yeah, for sure. Like, Jared Allen, that type is ideal. Um, in, in terms of trade targets, um, I'd say I'd put JaVale up. You know, it's not it's not the best. Um, it's crazy to me that JaVale McGee is 33 years old. Like, I, I yes, was stunned by yes, that, that when I true. looked at it. He's still, like, pretty bouncy. He's, you know, got a great YouTube channel. Um, I would love <laughs> the the circus of JaVale McGee. I guess sort okay, of, the, like, yeah. fanfare more than circus, because I don't think he's, like, going to cause problems or anything. Yeah. 
But I think, I think Javel, yeah, like Javel, like, because I don't think he's got like a super big head or anything either. So, like, if we play him third string as like in business current role, because I think, well, well, he's kind of second backup center, sometimes third center, depending on if the other team goes small and we counter that with PJ at the five. But, um, yeah, I don't think Javel would be, yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a good locker room guy. Um, and yeah, he's simply extremely bouncy. Him and Jeff Green just have that, like, just magic gene, you know. Yeah, PJ so, so. the five is like definitely worth discussing. I I think Biz is just such a minus out there, and like the eye test and both like the like stats kind of bear that out. I I get that we just have no one to guard big centers, and like I yeah. love Cody Zeller. I'm with you that I think Cody Zeller has been criminally underrated his whole career. Yeah, my aversion to like him as a player or like wanting to find a more long term five fit is I think he just, like, is never going to be a guy who plays more than 60, 65 games a season. And the yeah, minute he yeah, gets matched up nice, with yeah. Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, like, even Hassan Whiteside gives him fits. He's just not oh. big enough, strong enough to, like, defend yeah. those guys. And I think that is a, a real limiting factor for him as a player. Well, so, when Cody, yeah, guards a guy like that, he has to win on positioning. Um, and to be fair, I think in the Indiana game this year against Sabonis, who's who's a beast, by the way, like, he gave my boy Colin Hay Towns thirty five or something, and not, like obviously it wasn't all like one on one post ups back in the day, like like it was back in the day. But he he's he's really tough, and Cody neutralized him just by yeah fronting him really well and pushing him all the way out to the three point line. If he tried to get a post catch, but um, I agree overall, like like yeah, like if you, if the other team can set up those guys against Cody one on one, well yeah we're screwed, and I think generally we try and send doubles there. Um, but yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, we, we need another look. We need another look. Like, Cody, yeah, Cody's good, um, but he's kind of, he's not really like a true, like, mobile center anymore after all the injuries. And he's yeah. not like a great rim protector who's going to, you know, sky from the other side of the. He's, of the I feel like he's an okay block. rim, like, deferrer, you know, like, he's not a weak side rim protector at all. He's yeah, never going to yeah. come over for a block. But I do yeah. think his, like, initial positioning can kind of, oh, like, yeah. def- I'm, I'm not I'm searching for the right word, but, like, cause people to not take shots at the rim. You yeah, know, he yeah, kind of sure. deter- stalls deter- them out. The yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, I would agree. Like, his, his pick and roll defense is probably one of the things that, like, Buff uh, stood out, like, just really. Because I finally understood pick and roll defense last season, and I just compared it with all the other centers, and Cody's was just... I thought a different level, like he just consistently got the positioning bang on, and um, but it's just yeah, there's more to it than that because especially at center, you know, um, yeah, you got some centers who can you know protect shots from the weak side. It's such an incredibly um, valuable skill, especially if you're like a Jared Allen or a Mitchell Robinson who can go from boxing out their big and then just jumping as soon as the guy takes the shot mm-hmm. and just blocking it. Like that's just you know, that's just yeah. Um, uh, another guy I was thinking about. It's not quite a a diff like a different look at center, but it fits a little bit on offense uh, on both ends really. And it's it's Jared Vanderbilt from the Wolves. Hey, I, I, I'm I'm a big Vanderbilt fan. Uh, yeah, I'm sold. I mean, I don't know what the trade would be, but keep going. Okay, yeah. So like he he turns the corner extremely well off screens. And in that regard, he's quite similar to Miles Bridges. Now he's not going to finish lobs as aesthetically as Miles, and he's not—he's not the dunker, obviously, or 
probably a vertical athlete as Miles is, but he turns the corner extremely well off screens because he can set a hard screen, get his ball hand separation and roll, and he'll put the, the drop big in a two-on-one uh, in a way that just, yeah, a lot of drop, uh, a lot of centers can't, like, and um, he's, he's athletic, he's, he's, he's got good body coordination, so he can finish lobs a bit. Now he's, he, you know, he's limited by height a little bit. Um, I think he's like 6'9"-ish. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's but, like taller than I would put him at, but I, I'm with you. He's definitely okay, would be yeah. undersized playing five. Yeah, undersized center. And then when he when he has played five for mini, um, for Minnesota, um, especially when he's played drop coverage, it's 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 been hard to watch just because you know a six nine guy. There's only so much they can do, and um, mini doesn't have the best uh, screen navigating defenders either. So Vanderbilt's often you know choosing between you know two different poisons, I guess, and weighing them up. Um, but um, but uh, so offense, and then he's a good he's a good passer with with live dribble. Even he's made some nice short roll reads, you know, with live dribble. He he kind of gets how to pressure the rim on short roll. Like he's good at taking that extra dribble to really make the defenders commit before you know kicking it out or something. Um, and he's got a pretty decent handle too. So I think he'd slot right into the DHO based offense. Um, and yeah, just offer a little bit of that extra rim threat. And then on defense is probably the the main appeal. Um, He's just he's a really great athlete, moves his feet extremely well for a guy his size. Um has really good hands, so he's actually really good at um applying full court pressure on a bigger ball handler or um or like like pressuring the opponent's dribble while they're, they're they're driving on him. So I think he's actually he's guided LeBron really well a few times. And um, you know, a guy who can annoy LeBron a little bit, you know. Like, that would be a great fit on this roster. Um, it's more than what we have. That's the thing yeah. with a reason I'm, like, low on our playoff chances is I think defensively, Cody Zeller, I think, was probably our best defender. Yeah. And I would it's... only give him as, like, slightly above average or, like, he's above yeah. average. But, you yeah, know, I think, that's fair. I think, uh, I think, I think Graham's Jaylen's, bad. Jalen's probably our best, but... Um... I think Jalen, yeah, Jalen's fair. I just don't... He doesn't get enough minutes for me to even, like, really yeah, yeah, count sure. him in the calculus. But yeah, Rozier that's, true. that's is like, exactly it. Rozier's the worst defender I like watch like consistently. Yeah, yeah. I really, really hate watching him on defense. And he's like one of those guys where I, I get into like kind of like dumb fights, you know, with people oh, who are like they see yeah. him pressure the ball up and they're like, that means yeah, he's good yeah. at defense. And it's like, no, pressuring the ball doesn't mean anything if the guy gets past half court and then they run their yeah. set. Like it maybe yeah. helps a little bit, like if you stop four of their actions and then they have to take a really bad contested shot uh, at the shot clock, but we never stop four actions. We just have yeah. he off ball. He's horrendous on ball. He gets blown by all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Lamelo. it's like crazy that Lamelo is probably our best like guard defender. And I think he is like quite oh, bad on defense. Uh, okay, fine. Not ahead. Malik. Malik, I think is better than them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Malik, okay. I don't think Malik's great yeah. on defense. I went back okay. and, uh, which I think is like a bit of a point where I'm different from a lot of people on like Hornets Twitter. I know like Jay okay. is yeah. very big on yeah, like Malik yeah. Monks, yeah. the like an all defense level guy. And yeah. I, I just don't see it. And I went back and I watched like as many defensive possessions as I could, okay. which was like probably like around like 100, 150 defensive possessions. Oof. It gets a little tedious. Honestly, yes. because he's just not involved in the action ever. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, Monk, yeah. 
But Monk uh, definitely like he is our best team defender. He like rotates yeah. pretty almost always quite well. He still gets bullied one on one. There's like uh, in the Indiana game a couple weeks ago, just like McDermott when he dropped like 30, right. 35 on us. It, a lot of it was with Malik guarding him because he just is not able to guard a guy who yeah. is like six foot nine. And uh, that's think- like not his fault, but. Right, right, yeah, yeah. He's clearly a guard, basically. <laughs> it's also like, um, yeah. And the thing with Malik is because he's so far behind the backing order. Even last season, when we only had three guards, um, Malik was always the one who would who would guard the forward out of that. And it just, yeah, it just doesn't work when you have such a powerful guy who cuts at a high rate like yeah. doing it because they're just gonna push shove him off um, and just overpower him basically. And yeah, exactly. Like I think. Uh, directly in one-on-one, you know, post-ups against even a guy like Tatum, he's not like he he he's not gonna just okay. Sometimes he does, but um, I think in some cases he can provide just enough resistance to buy some time for the help to come over without completely messing up everyone else's positioning on D. Like, as in buy enough time for the help to come over in a way that the other players on the court are like they're conscious of that they know how to react to that but um yeah no like he's 100 guard and yeah like i, I remember jna said his his screen navigation improved a lot and i think it's kind of settled back to the man in that because even last year he had some really good plays navigating screens but he also had some really bad ones and um i think something i tweeted about that i want to bring up is there's there's a weird there's there's a specific hornets defensive scheme right now that deters the point of attack defender from recovering over a screen because often we'll just immediately send help from um, one pass away. So what happens is Malik, I think he he ends up, after getting hit by the screen, he'll recover to uh, a shooter one pass away instead of uh, the ball, mm-hmm. which is a conventional way. And I think in that way, sometimes Malik can look like low energy. Like he definitely doesn't pick up full court as frequently as Terry. Um, so I think people think defensive is, is an issue for Monk. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think Monk's a good defender. It's just, yeah, he's a guard. Like, and if we threw him mostly at point guards and then if we could just get that screen navigation um, a bit improved for when we eventually do get a proper, like, drop coverage setup, um, then I think he'd be, a, like, a really, really high-level defender. But, yeah, definitely in the current environment. He's just limited with what can, he can do as a 6-3 guard, often playing, you know, often guarding fours, often, you know, as that primary weak side helper. Yeah, uh, I think he's also... He is a bad transition defender. That is, like, something I saw, like, going back. Okay. He really, like... <laughs> I, I know you're saying that he gets in positions where... But there's times where he just, like, yeah. just sort of like lags I've back seen that too and it's like it, it's a little of, upsetting i, I remember like yeah, one is. of his first games breaking into the rotation i was just like he had a great game but then i like was going back through watching i was just like oh man this play he like it's not he didn't cause the turnover but he was in a position yeah. to stop a fast break and instead yeah. i forgot who we were playing got just like an easy ass bucket and yeah, that like, that stuff drives me a little crazy with him again I, I way less than like Rogier actually like is going to give me like you know an aneurysm at some point. Um, but uh, I do think Monk is better. Let's let's talk about Monk offensively, which is okay. Has yeah. been like pretty excellent so far. I think if he's like improved his like shooting, he was sh- under forty percent on two for a good portion of the season. Yeah, uh, that's like climbed back up. His three point shooting's dropped down a little bit. 
But do you think it's sustainable? Like, do you think he'll shoot over 40% on the season? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm still traumatized by that third year where he shot 28%. So. It was bad. And yeah. that was like... That was like 25% for most of the year um, for those last 13 games. And even his 13 game, you know, hot streak in uh, quotation marks, he only shot 35% from three. So I think, uh, and plus you probably see the bubble as well, although that can apply to every player. I would say like, the thing is, I think if Malik's a 37% shooter from three, that's actually more than enough given his other skill set. He just... The, the issue is we're basically running him as a, a spot-up guy who, you know... Like, like last year, we would at least run him off some staggered screens, some pin-downs, some wide, you know, wide pin-downs, some epi-side pick-and-rolls, use him as more of a second-side ball handler. And this year, it feels like all of that's just gone way down. I think if you look at the touches per, stat, uh, touches per game stats, it's actually, like, if you adjust it for minutes, it's not too bad, but it's still clearly, like, a lot below Devontae, Hayward, and Lamelo And... I I think because of his ability to press the rim, uh, he probably should be getting. He probably should be a bit higher in that pecking order. Um, yeah, but like, he's, so he's got limitations. That, like in that regard, though, like his ball handling is. I think it's clearly better this year, but it still gets a bit loose at times. Um, and it's not quite good enough to like you know play through digs. Whereas uh, not at all. He I, I think yeah. that's like his biggest issue. When when yeah. you like show against him, he really struggles, yeah. and that's where like a lot of his turnovers come from. I I don't believe in his handle, which is like part okay. of the reason. Like the uh, right now we have like Ball, Rogier, Monk, Graham, and we really only need three of them. So it's like yeah. if we're going to move one or like let one go in free agency, who's it going to be? And like. For me, I I like the idea of keeping Monk, especially if he keeps the shooting up, but he's not a backup point guard in the same... Like, I think he's even less of a backup point guard than Rogier is, where I very okay, much believe, cool. like, Devontae can play, like, six-man, run a second unit. Like, even if yeah. he's shooting 40% from the field, if he's, like, running the second unit pretty well and getting up, like, decent enough shots, like, I'm very happy with that. Where, okay, like... I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I think if Malik is the the main ball handler and and then guys start picking up full court on him, I could see him struggling. I think generally when he actually plays point guard, the results aren't too bad because, you know, he knows how to get the team into sets and he can get his own bucket, like, you know, decently well. Not 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 at a, like, starting point guard, a high-level starting point guard level off the bounce. But uh, I think, like, yeah, I, I'd agree and, like, that's why I'm hiding the Lamelo Monk backcourt because, um, yeah, because Lamelo is the guy who brings it up, so you don't have to worry about the the intense ball pressure from Monk. And then if you just like Monk can functionally get you extremely like viable dribble penetration. It's just yeah. it's not it's not just it's not like top of the key two on each side blow by. It's not that kind of uh, blow by. But like you know. Off the catch, even if there's not a real advantage, like let's say Lamelo just passes uh, to Monk on the side and he's ready to catch the ball, you know, in his stance, he can just explode off, um, you know, a jab there from basically nothing and get you some dribble penetration. It's just, but that's the thing. Like we haven't really incorporated that that much this year. I, I feel relative to last year, just Monk's ability to, to penetrate, you know. In slightly unconventional, but still pretty real ways. 
He's also uh, uh, way stronger than you'd expect, given his frame. Like, he can yeah, really, yeah. like, like with rim protectors, yeah, like, throw yeah. his body into them and finish over them, which is, yeah, like, sure. something a guy who is, like, 6'3", and, like, I think he's listed at 200, but he, like, looks yeah. like he's 175, shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> and... Like, uh, I think I think Monk's got a little bit of that like wiry strength, you know, definitely. sort of thing. He's got a bit of that Durant Wiggins sort of build because he 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 is like fairly strong for his size. Um, but I think yeah, he's been trying to put on weight for like every single off season. He's been since he was fourteen years old, you know, like since he was fourteen years old. Yeah, and uh, at least you know, yeah, you know, he's never gonna have to wide Howard shoulders. That's that's that, that's. What would be a contract you would be comfortable giving him this offseason? Okay. Um, you can give me a range, too. You don't have to be, like, uh, 11.5 yeah. with a 5% trade kicker. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything like that. But, like, would more than $15 million, that would scare me. Uh, okay. Where are you at? Mm, I think... I mean, I'm high, Mark. To be honest, 15... More than 15 doesn't... Uh, like, 15's I, like starter money, and I, I I'm yeah. not convinced Malik Monk's like a starter okay. in this league. But I think, like, I think he, he's like I think he's starting level impact, but it's just he's not exactly at this stage. You can't just throw him into a point guard role, especially a starting point guard role, and um, ask him to necessarily do what the point guard does in this day and age, which is basically do everything for the offense. And I think there's problems with how the NBA operates in that regard, but that's just how it is. So, yeah, I kind of see where you come from. I believe in Monk. Like, I think um, every year, like, he, he adds something every year and, like, his pick and roll craft gets better every year. Like, it's this, the progress is not the fastest. But at the same time, if you think about it, like, how many pick and rolls does he ever get to run? Like, um, so I, I honestly believe in his upside. I think the fact that he went from how he is at Kentucky to, you know, not the not the best defensive prospect to now like one of the highest attention to detail guard defenders, especially off ball in the league. I I believe in like a guy like that, and um, he just I, I don't think he's really had a chance to really like tap into that like uh, ball handler upside. And yeah, you will have to live with mistakes if if you want to do that. And generally, teams, you know, for some reason, if you're 22, 23 years old, you're you got no more upside to some teams. So you know, I'll. I'd, I'd give him I'd, I'd give him up to, to four 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 eighty really so four million. Whoa, that is crazy but, town four eighty. Part, part of that is because I think Lamelo and Monk Lamelo just covers up for the weaknesses that matter, and I think functionally Monk is absolutely a guy who can create for you an offense. Um, and yeah, it's just <laughs> he, he's not quite shown four years eighty million stuff. Um, so far in a Hornets uniform, but I think a lot of that is honestly circumstance. I, I believe in him a lot too, like because I believe that ball handling will reach a level where he can play as lone ball handler, basically. But it does, it just, it does require a bit of development. And but yeah, I mean, I, I believe in the kid, man. Like, yeah, that's he's got, I mean, he's, obviously, he, yeah, he's got some. Sorry, yeah, you go. No, I, I think it's like a, a fair take, and I four eighty is too much for me. But I understand yeah. like the fit next to Lamelo. If Monk hits his like, let's just say like seventy five percentile upside is like yes. excellent. He's a guy who can like snipe from three point range. Definitely in like even small advantage situations, which like Lamelo will create for you. Get buckets. Yeah. He's a good defender who can like guard ones where like put yeah. Lamelo yeah. on the worst 
like two wing, two three like wing guy and let him play sort of that free safety style LeBron yeah, exactly. defense. Like there's a lot that kind of just like makes sense when you like kind of talk about it with him. I still worry about his like ability to like do it sustainably. Like I I think if he keeps the same stat line throughout the rest of the year, I'd be fine like matching whatever contract got thrown at him. Um yeah. but I'm not convinced he's going to be like a, you know, 60% true shooting guy at the end of this season. Perhaps okay. he will be. Um and everything he said in the media just like I'm taking I'm taking it seriously now. And John Calipari had a quote oh. where it's just like everything oh, was a little too easy for him. And yeah, he feels like a guy did. that it was too easy for him. And I don't think Steve Clifford no. was a great guy to have be your first head coach. I don't think like putting him in the doghouse was like a great way to develop his talent. And it's it's really it's nice to see him blossom. And I was I'd written him off at the end of last year and I, I was wrong. Oh, I, really? I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well he like before we got Lamelo, he was my he in in my opinion, Mark was our best prospect on this team. Uh with second to being Miles, and we'll get onto him very shortly. But I mean, I, I like well, that's the thing. Like a lot of the narrative around him is that you know he wasn't the hardest worker that sort of stuff. But like if you just like if you look at how much he improved in certain aspects of the game. Like, if you're a def- off-ball defender at his level, you're supposed to come in as, like, a basketball genius, that sort of thing. Like, you, you don't you don't see guys who are known for their offense in college really that often just come in and be, like, that, you know, defensive coordinator sort of guy, you know, pointing to other guys. This is the position you need to be, you know. Um, so... I, I believe in him. I, I, and I like, like, cause I saw that quote and I got mad because I, I thought Malik was just putting on a front so the media had something to talk about, even though I thought it was clear based on his year three tape, um, that he puts serious work in, um, in the film room and in the gym. But anyway, I think, I think, I think it's pretty good, pretty viable, uh, not pretty viable, pretty like, uh, like understandable concerns that you raise up because, you know, he doesn't, I don't, I don't think he's a true, like, dead-eye shooter. I don't think he's Terry by any means. I think Terry's still clearly... I yeah, think Terry's Terry, an elite catch-and-shoot guy. The order. Uh, Terry's phenomenal. Like, like I, I'm absolutely shocked whenever he misses, um, especially a stationary catch-and-shoot shot. Uh, but, I, 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 I mean, I believe in Mark, but, I, like, I see where he's coming from. Because I, I don't think it's... It's not the most, yeah, sustainable, tangible way of scoring... Um, at the moment, if the three ball does cool down, and you, uh, yeah, um, I don't think so, he yeah, can play if he's shooting less than like thirty three percent from three. I think he's got to okay. be able to like hit that. Like honestly, you really need him to be like an average three point shooter, which I think is like around thirty seven percent. And then I think yeah. he has a, all his other like sort of peripheral values really can kind of add up. Yeah. But if like yeah, people are like point. sinking off of him, I, 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 it's not worth it, especially because he is not, even though I think you're higher on his defense than I am, but even if yeah. he is like a good or even excellent off ball defender at points, he's too small to match up against like yeah, bigger wings. Yeah. He's never going to be a guy you can throw oh, sure. on Jason Tatum, let alone like Jalen yeah. Brown in the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. uh, he will be guarding well, we them. If we go to the playoffs yeah, we, this year and face them, yeah, exactly. No, we saw with Devin Chenzo last year, who was so celebrated in the regular season, he just barely played in the playoffs because ultimately he couldn't hit shots. Um, and if you can't hit shots, 
you can't bring those peripheral values into play. Um, mm-hmm. And DiVincenzo's, uh, I think he's a guy who's very comparable to Monk and non-Hornets fans would always look at me weirdly if I said that. But I think they're... I see exactly here. what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, high basketball IQ, selfless, share the ball, you know, snap decisions, and, and then really good off-ball defenders. But, but yeah, like, exactly, you're right. Like, he, do, he does need to be able to hit shots, and I guess we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, the last thing I'll say on Monk is... I do, when he kind of starts heating up a little bit, he begins kind of choreographing shots. It's almost to the point where, like, once he touches the ball, like, even at half court, I'm like, oh, he's going to shoot right now. Like, it's just like, you you have a take on this? I'm interested. Um, I wouldn't quite say that, but I I would say his shot selection at points this year has disappointed me. Um, Like that, his pull-up has been just good enough where you could justify it, but I'm pretty sure the pull-up's going to, you know, uh, regress to the mean a little bit and historically it's been the issue with Mob, you know taking pull-up jumpers I I, I think because I, I I don't think it's a long-term issue because he just he just gets so little touches and we know he can like when he hits up he can legitimately score at a fairly high level so I think because he's just a, a fairly high IQ player in general I, I would give him that 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 that, that longer leash to kind of do that but because I back he would rein it in in the end, but I get what you mean. It's really not, it's it's not the best look. Um, he yeah. also uh, aesthetically and like fun wise, Monk on fire is great. He he's great. Yeah. He's ton of fun. Seeing a guy that small like throw down the dunks, he's able to do. Yeah, like yeah, the double true. clutch one he had last year was just like <laughs> insane. Um, and part of the reason why the Hornets are like as fun as they are, and like why I've been doing this like. Twitter account and doing this podcast is like players like him and LaMelo and like, you know, even Jalen McDaniels to a certain extent, they're like very fun to watch. And I, I can appreciate that. And I guess like miles bridges, and this is one thing I want to touch on because like, I I think we're at a point where we have a good amount of like guys on rookie contracts and we need to figure out who we're sticking with long-term. And one thing this previous regime did is they gave out these like extensions to everyone we drafted. So it's like MKG got an extension, Cody Zeller got an extension, you know, Kimba got an extension. And a lot of those extensions didn't totally work out with the exception of Kimba. Like I think Cody Zeller is good, but I think he was probably overpaid for what the market would have given him had he made it to like free agency. And I think we're going to come Bridges is a four, correct? Do you agree with me on there? Yeah, uh, uh, mate, he's. I think he's even a small ball five. Yeah, so like he's, but he's not a three. So it's just like yeah, yeah. Him and PJ, it's it's going to be one or the other with those two guys. If you're going to be paying one of them like starter money, yeah, yeah, and, I, I think that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. So it's like who you said you're you're high on Bridges. Give me, I'll, I'll take PJ. Give me your Bridges. This is why okay. we got to pick him. Um. So, especially, I think, in the it, with how this season has played out, we're going to miss out on, like, Cade, and we're probably going to miss out on, you know, Zyre Williams, yeah. uh, Jonathan Kaminga, those wings with ball handling upside. Mm-hmm. So, there's a chance, I think, that this core is 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 basically it. Like, we'll add some nice role players on the fringes, but I think it's fair to assume that right now, this is kind of what the core might look like for the next five years. You know, we might not get better potential uh, young players than the guys we currently have. And in that regard, 
I think you can say the offense could be a bit lacking going forward because you know yep. we got Lamelo, but I think I think Haley, I, I still don't really buy him past year two of his contract, and I would one hundred percent be shopping him right like uh, this off season because yeah, like it, all because as good as he is on offense, he's he's one of he's absolutely a below to average defender right now, and I think all all he needs to do is lose one more step on defense to go from below average but can be acceptable if locked in to Nemanja Bielitsa who yeah. tends to target every single possession and he's not a young he's no spring chicken anymore so um, I think that's, that's something we have to um, consider with Hayward but yeah so I don't really view Hayward as a long term solution especially because basically year three Lamelo. That's when Hayward's in his year three. They came in together, obviously, yeah. But, um, and then when you get to year three, Lamella, you still got plenty of future to explore. But I think at that time, Hayward won't be the release valve that he has been this year. Um, so Miles, um, he's got real, so he's athletic, um, and he's got real live dribble, uh, passing potential. Like some of the passes he makes, he'll like spin hang in the air for a whole second or something and then do a nice pass to someone spotting up. And, um, yeah, and, you know, he's got a bit of post skill. I think just in general, I think the idea with uh, me for Miles is if he can get that ball handling to even like a Pascal Siakam level, I think he could 100% be a tertiary ball handler. Um, and in that regard, you know, I'm happy that the offense has been this good this year, but I'm a little bit disappointed that Miles has not really gotten the chance to develop that aspect of his game because I think that might be needed down the road. Because Miles is super strong. I think he's actually got some nice handling moves um, you've seen, especially in transition. You know, he's got some nice clean crossovers. Uh, and, yeah, that live dribble passing ability and his ability to just, like, you know, finish at the, finish at the rim now that, especially this year, now because last year he would just jump into guys and then just throw something up in the rim and sometimes it would drop. He had so many awkward finishes like that um, and misses. This year, I think he's, he's uh, yeah, started to get that all together. And I just think, yeah, just that upside as a tertiary ball handler. I think PJ, he's just, he's clearly not like a great first step athlete. And I don't think he's like got a, you know, I think he's, he tops out at best at like a Harrison Barnes, but probably with 50% of the ball handling. Yeah, let's, uh, I let's think stick Miles on could a, be like Siakam. Yeah, Miles here. And I, I'm with you. Like, I, so. I've been working on like a dumb video breaking down his okay. playmaking, which it's like, why would you make a video on like a guy with two assists a game's playmaking? But I think it's really <laughs> improved this year. Um, he does throw like kind of wild passes. So I've watched, I watched every one of his assists and turnovers yeah. through his, uh, okay. all I did this, this morning I did all of this year and then all of his rookie year to kind of see the difference. Uh, his passing's yeah. improved. I think he is like, actually like very good like creative passer um he like is willing to take risky passes when it is a good idea he pushes it up at the end of quarters like he's gotten like four like his turnover rate's high but it's because like i counted 10 of his turnovers like it's either it going right to biz and biz just dropping the ball or (laughs) him throwing like a very dangerous pass that has no downside because there's two seconds left in the quarter. Right. Um, okay. His handling, yeah. in my opinion, is really bad. And that's where the okay. majority of his turnovers come from is he just like doesn't. I, I don't disagree that he has like a crossover too. He can throw in the fast break. Yeah. But I just don't trust his ability to ever become like 
a guy who even in an advantage creation situation can be a closeout guy. And you see that with he scores pretty well at the mm. rim, but not elite considering his athleticism. But he doesn't get yeah. to the free throw line at all. And it's because he just doesn't have the dribbling to yes, get around yeah. guys. And he draws so many so, like charges or like he gets so many charges drawn on him because he like jumps up and he's huge and athletic and fun. But he just doesn't have the like control with the ball on the string to get around guys. So when he explodes, yeah. he's drawing the foul as opposed to running straight through them. Uh, yeah, that's that's all pretty fair. Um, on the passing, yeah, I would suggest, yeah, that's a really good summary but i would say like the vision's kind of been there it's just it's it, it's it's only this year where it's really really popped um and i think it's coincided this year with probably him finally just learning the game properly like because last year basically he would take so many just shots that were not what the offense was designed to yeah. do mm-hmm. um and defense he was pretty much lost like especially the first half of the season it was He's so, hard, so bad last year. Everyone he's was, okay. Yeah. Or he's like, I yeah. would say a little bit below average on D. Like it's on ball D has always been yeah. all right. Like, and yeah. when it's yeah. like a guy who's like, oh, I'm an ISO on you. He really like locks in, but his like yeah. team defense has always been really bad. And this year it's like, meh, not very good. And yeah, that's a huge jump for so. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like this year, uh, yeah, so just quickly talking defense, like he's shown that with his strength, um, he just eats contact. Like guys drive right into him and he just stays vertical and doesn't even budge. So then that's got a lot of utility for protecting the rim. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's protected the rim a little bit today. Um, and that's the thing. Like he's shown he can actually play the five. And I think he, like, it might be a hot take, but I think he actually defends fives potentially better than PJ because he's just so strong. Like, I remember he got a like, legit stop in single coverage on Embiid. And, like, you know, second time around, Embiid's, you know, scoring him. But, like, just forcing Embiid one way and then forcing, you know, the, the fadeaway, that sort of thing. Because Embiid didn't expect him to absorb the chest bump uh, when Embiid tried to back him down. Like, he's so strong. Like, he's, he's kind of ridiculously strong. So, I think... Yeah, I think I agree overall. Anyway, that um, you got to pick between one of Miles and PJ. And uh, one thing I do like with Miles with the passing, which I think you don't see that much, is I want him in more short roll situations. He's a really yeah, good yeah. decision maker on the short roll, and as like passing yeah. vision, he's really great at like these kind of like dump passes in. And yeah, he was like yeah, even doing yeah. that at Michigan State some because I was able to like pull yeah. up like some of his assists from like Michigan State, right? Damn, you done that research. Yeah, no, I would. I, it's it's that's what I did all this morning was like looking into specifically his playmaking stuff. Um, okay. And I think his short role is something that could be expanded upon. Um, defensively, yeah. his arms are just a little too short. Like if PJ, I mean, uh, excuse me, if Miles was like six foot ten and had like a seven two wingspan, he would be the perfect five for this team. He would be yeah. insane. He'd be the yeah. most fun. And yeah. like I would be like buying his jersey over Lamelo because he'd be so much fun. Um, I do think he's strong enough to play the five, but I worry that his yeah. length just isn't quite there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll- I think this year, I mean. Yeah, like this year he's shown, I think, just the fact that he might be able to fill in some small ball five minutes. I think that's that's a shock because I didn't expect him to be able to play the five at all last year. And yeah, he's shown like he does, he like he, you know, he does have short arms and his timing of blocks could be better, but he shows he can kind of protect the rim a little bit. And just any level of that from your your guy who's fit, like who's 
you know, a good switch defender from the five. Yeah, so if you play Miles at five, you probably you probably have yeah, you have to like switch a lot, but you gotta switch everything, I think. Yeah. 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 But um just the fact that yeah, like he's he's shown a little bit of weak side, nail help. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a good season for Miles and I think the fact that it's even a question is kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely. People yeah, were so like, high on PJ at the end of last year, and yeah. the fact that like it is a legitimate question of which between them. And I think anybody who like yeah. says one way or another, like you're not really giving it full consideration. Uh, but that's a huge jump for Miles, which is like impressive. And yeah. again, such a fun guy to watch play. His uh, yeah. ability to like he only can leap off two feet, but he gets so high off two feet, man. <laughs> and yeah. uh, just him and Lamelo really have a chemistry, and uh, I, I've had a ton of fun with Miles Bridges. PJ Washington, on the other yeah. hand, has had like a kind of disappointing season in a lot of people's eyes. His numbers are yeah. like in like slightly better than they were last year, but I think people were expecting a year two jump, which they didn't get. He came yeah. in a, a little out of shape. He didn't really seem to like defensively. I think he's looked worse this year. Um, Oh wow! Okay, you you disagree? I I don't think I've like the thing is I didn't actually watch us that much in the first half of the season because I was just like I watched Lamelo just like like people were saying Lamelo was good and then I just watched him run a pick and roll and he just passed it out so early um, without getting advantage. I got mad, uh, <laughs> but uh, so that that's that's probably I should probably not really be considered a Hornets fan just for saying that. No no no, but um no but um. So, yeah, so, like, the thing is, I think PJ, like, maybe not defensively, but, like, on the defensive rebounds, he's shown, like, when he's played, because he had to play so much small ball five this year, mm-hmm. more than I would have really wanted him to. Uh, but I think he's shown, like, rebounding is, is a little bit better than expected there. And, like, just the fact that he's even played minutes as the middle of the back three in a 2-3 zone. Like, like you know, it didn't really work, but just I think that will be that will help like him long term. I'm still high on PJ. It's just I do think the the offensive stuff is real. Like, because I'm not really sure if I view Lamelo as a closer just yet. Um. So yeah, and then like like Monk, that's the thing. Like, if we're not gonna let like if we don't even give Monk a chance to see if he's a real ball handler, um, which we aren't doing right now. Uh, yeah. Then, 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 yeah. Like we, we kind of need either a really good small forward, or we need a power forward to be able to do more than you know spot up and that sort of thing. And Peter just doesn't really have the athleticism to be a super great like fake handoff, short roll sort of guy. He just doesn't turn the corner that well off screens. He's all right. Like he's still pretty good, but he's it's not like it's not at a level that's going to you know force playoffs defenses to scheme for the, for you. Yeah. So I think if if he wants to become a guy that scouting reports really worry about, he needs to be like Harrison Barnes, really add that get that ball handling tied up and really just be confident driving downhill. But then at the same time, I'm not sure if Borrego's going to let him do that because I think Borrego, he's a guy who's he's, he's, gonna, he's not going to let you do your thing if it's going to result in a lot of turnovers. And I think there's merit to that, but I'm not the biggest fan, but I think you can see where he's coming from, but it just means that I'm not sure PJ is going to develop as quickly as maybe he could on some other team. And I'm just not sure if he's going to hit where I think he could hit, which is that Harrison Barnes tertiary creator sort of thing. Because he has a deceleration and power 
and touch around the rim. You know, like his finishing numbers aren't the best, but he's clearly got a little bit of touch in that floater. Yeah, he's so been a little if- disappointing compared to like coming out of college. His like hook shot was like I think he was hitting it like at sixty percent. Like it was an insane clip yeah. uh, at Kentucky. I really believe in his shooting. I think he can be like yeah. a forty percent shooter. And oh, wow. the okay, I I. I I, I do. I think he's like has that upside, which he hasn't like totally shown, but I just think he's going to keep improving. And I think he's just going to get so many pick and pop open looks with LaMelo, which he already has this season. Yeah. And it's just like that is offense right there. That is like sustainable offense. That's Worst true. case, sure. there's you eight seconds on the shot clock. You run a LaMelo uh, PJ pick and pop and something can happen out of that. Yeah. I think his ball handling's better than Bridges. And he, I think he's, like, gotten a chance. He's looked bad when he's, like, had to, like, being like, he's been taking the ball up the court and he's, like, definitely his yeah, turnover so rate's like, really in, high. Yeah, in preseason, I was actually, because I don't I didn't think I watched the full preseason games, but I saw a lot of, like, uh, I, I watched a, like, I watched a decent amount. Of course, I saw, like, you know, it, like, that was, keep in mind, like, the Raptors, they are not the team you want to play um, first game of preseason as a guy, you know, a power forward trying to expand his yeah. game because they just – they help so much at the nail. Like, they help ridiculously aggressively and they have so many guys who are so good at attacking your handle. <laughs> I think Peter just got scarred from that uh, a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he has gone some opportunities. Like, I, I just I, – I kind of – like, again, like what Borrego does there has a fair bit of merit. It's just uh, I kind of wish, uh, yeah, he'd do it differently, really, um, because yeah, now it's he's going to head into year three, and I mean Miles is year three right now, and he hasn't really gotten uh, more opportunities to handle the ball either. And you, again, like you can probably say, he needs he needs to improve it more. Um, yeah, like in the off season, if he wants to become a handler at the NBA level, but I just wish. I mean, I guess PJ and Miles both playing more five or four power forward in that DHO based offense does give them some handling reps. So in that regard, the offense is good either way. But um, but yeah, what am I saying on PJ? But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, PJ is yeah. I I think I'm leaning PJ still, like ultimately in this. That that's where uh, where I'm this, at. Yeah, first PJ debate. But I think you made a great point um, with about there's not going to be a lot more like high value upside players with how we've constructed yeah. our roster. Like, I still think there's a chance we end up like not making the play in game and then getting one more yeah. lottery pick. But that lottery pick is yeah. going to be 11th. It's not going to be third. There's yeah. like there's no Evan Mobley for us as much as I would yeah. like absolutely oh, love that. God. You know, like he would be All so right. good with Lamar. We can talk about that at a later time. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like, it's going to be, who, who's going to be there at 11? Like maybe like Kai Jones, like there's like a couple guys, yeah. but nobody who has like, you know, yeah, secondary yeah. option upside. And it's like, it's got to come from within. I'm not sure either yeah. PJ or miles are those guys. My hope is one of them becomes like a fourth option. And I think PJ oh, yeah. has a better oh. chance of being like a solid fourth option with able yeah. to play a little small ball five, which we've been like, I think plus eight with him, something like that. I'd have to double check oh, uh, with him at five, but that would be insane considering how many times he's had to play with freaking four guards. who can't guard. Yeah, no, no, it's, it, oh, I mean, it's man. like offensively. We're just, I think, you know, doing oh, it yeah, defensively. Yeah, we've been really yeah. bad, but, uh, okay. Yeah. I know you are basically at time. Is that correct? Yeah, I could, I'm just looking at like the, the public transfer I've got to take, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, let's just wrap it up here. Um, Okay, yeah, cool. But uh, James, thank you so much for coming on, man. I I know we've chatted a bunch on Twitter. This is a ton of fun for me. I love talking Hornets. Anytime I can, like, there's no human in my life I can talk, like, an hour in person to Hornets basketball with. My girlfriend can maybe stomach, like, five minutes at a time. So I appreciate you coming on and doing it. Oh, no, well, credit to her. That's that's pretty decent from there. Anything you want to plug, shout your Twitter handle out, anything of that sort? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, just at JamesBoo9. B-U, uh, that's my last name. I think everyone else is, everything else is fairly easy to spell. Uh, yeah, I've got some things uh, in the in the uh, you know in the pipeline for for Swarm and Sing. Uh, not quite done yet. Uh, I was I know I was supposed to get that to everyone done before today, uh, but um, haven't quite finished it. But um, but yeah, like yeah, so you know, be on the lookout for that. And yeah, just I don't know. I tweet a lot about basketball. He, he so definitely does. Give him, give him a follow, folks, if you're uh, <laughs> still listening to us at this point. Uh, yeah yeah but um yeah a follow would be appreciated and um yeah if you know if you ever want to talk if you ever want to talk ball you know tweet me dm me um yeah and i'm more than i'm I'm really happy to just talk ball with anyone really um yeah as long as it's like respectful (laughs) all right well uh that is uh the first episode of at the buzzer um I'm at Film Hornets, um, and uh, thanks for, if you're still listening, thanks for listening, and have a good one. All right, everybody, thanks again for checking out the At The Buzzer podcast, your source for everything related to the Charlotte Hornets. Feel free to leave a review, rate, subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms, and stay tuned for much more related to your Charlotte Hornets.